also there's also a couple episodes where she plays her own cousin who's a who's a cockney uh woman uh, like a singer so it's really great it's i'm telling you guys it's great (laughs) well i'm glad but we're gonna talk about another brit today okay (laughs) hey guys welcome to bloody podcast I'm your host, Maria Felix, here with Laurie Roggenkamp and Kashif Demolik. Hey. Hello. This is a Patreon-exclusive episode, and uh, well, let's dive in. So today we're talking about Jane Andrews. And this was a big story over in the UK when it happened, uh, but I didn't hear anything about it over on this end. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do we. Yes. I didn't hear anything about so, it either. Is that what you wanted me to say? I was just making no, sure. No, I didn't okay. want you guys to say anything. <laughs> okay. Forget it. I'm doing the podcast alone. This is now just a narrated. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that I'm supposed to contribute. Sorry. I was just watching. <laughs> Jane Andrews was a royal dresser who served under Sarah, Duchess of York, for nine years. But in 2001, she was convicted of the murder of her boyfriend, Tom Cressman. Oh, okay. So oh, it was geez. a big deal because she was a royal dresser. And what is that? She just dresses the Duchess of York? Is exactly what it sounds like. She's like her one of her stylists or probably her main stylist. How many does uh, she have? She probably had a lot at some point. Like, I feel like I don't know a lot about modern royalty, but I don't think that it's changed much from what you see in the movies where like you have like a court of 15 women and 20 servants. <laughs> and yeah. they're just they're just dressed in modern stuff now right okay yeah you know? so if she was in the beauty and the beast she'd be an actual dresser is that what you're saying like she's like the, uh, yeah, the clothes uh, yeah she's the armoire she's the wardrobe <laughs> okay she's no. like i think you should wear the blouse with the green buttons <laughs> done it i think i could be a royal dresser so by the time she killed uh tom don't laugh, our- Cash. Don't you laugh at that. <laughs> I was just coming up with insults. I was uh, like, you're a footstool, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. What do you think you would be in hmm? the house? Me? Yeah. Like a, a dog? The dog? <laughs> <laughs> no. They have a dog. No, you, you got to be something like, in, like inanimate, and then you turn into. Uh-huh. <sighs> do you Have you watched the movie? Do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, of course. No, okay. I know. <laughs> I was just making sure because you said you have to be something inanimate and then you turn into something. No, you have to be a human and then you turn into something inanimate. Oh, oh, yeah, oh that's, that's right. True, that's okay. True. okay. So that's why sh- the dresser would be like an armoire or a closet. I think I'd like to be a, a, a fork. A fork? Yeah, because I would like sneak bites. When they were oh. using me, they'd be okay. like, "Oh, this this flambe is delicious," and I'd be like, "Fucking a, it is." Um, a um, um. Yeah. <laughs> like this fork is so fat. <laughs> yeah. How did this this fork became a spork from on my own very yeah. eyes? Give us a fat folk, love. <laughs> what would you be? Um, I don't know. A printer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we going modern? Apparently so. Okay. A printer. Huh. Yeah, I mean you do share a lot of information during the day. So and they never work properly. Yep. 
That's true. You always have error messages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I would love to say something like, you know, a recliner or a butter dish. But I feel like if I'm going with what I do the most, I would probably be a toilet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, you know, usually in that situation, the toilet is the mouth. So people are peeing and pooping <laughs> in your mouth. Well, then yeah. I'm definitely getting food. So. <laughs> Oh, I think this was pizza. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You eat spaghetti, asparagus, mom. <laughs> You'll have plenty of chances to do that coming up. Jane Don Elizabeth Andrews was born in 1967 in Cleostorp, Lincolnshire County, England. in case any of you know where that is we just have to i'm just you know what barrel through maria because i'm not gonna be able to stop myself so (laughs) clear stop (laughs) i'm laughing that you're laughing this is stupid okay sorry (laughs) cleostorp is a three and a half hour train ride from london she was the youngest of three children the others all brothers her father was a joiner, and I don't know what a joiner is, and I forgot to look it up before I started this. But I'm going to assume it's like a welder. That would make sense. Right? Oh, if, yeah. If she's a dresser, then a joiner, yeah, that would make sense. Well, she's not a dresser yet. Well, I'm just saying based on the name of the op- uh, oh, occupation. Here, I, oh, here, I looked it up. It says a joiner is an artisan and tradesperson who builds things by joining pieces of wood, particularly lighter and more ornamental work than that done by a carpenter including furniture and the fittings of a house, ship, etc. Okay. Oh, that sounds like a job that would keep you busy. Yeah. Uh, But her father was normally unemployed. Her mother mother at the time worked as a social worker and was the main breadwinner for the family. Family was relatively poor, and when she was young, they had to sell her house in Cleostorp and move to a smaller place uh, in a town called Grisby into a townhouse with a bathroom that was outside. Oh, I'd hate that. Yeah, that would be the worst. And I I mean, I've stayed in houses that have like outhouses and I just, I hate it so much. Yeah, I did that in Taos. It was horrible. It's the worst. It's especially shitting in the cold. And I hate the dark. So when you have to go to the bathroom at night. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. Star and I went to this uh, Muir Beach, which is up near San Francisco. And she found this really nice it was a very tiny Airbnb, and for the money we spent, we got a really amazing view. But the only only downside was that the shower and bathroom were in a hut um, oh. that you had to walk to. So in the oh. middle of the night, and it was freezing because it was right by the beach. So in the middle of the night, you had to put on like a sweater. So I was like in a sweater in Crocs, sitting on the toilet, and all of a sudden, I just feel something on my foot, and it's a oh. lizard. Oh my god. Oh my god! I was like, that's so situation. Upset. Did you run out of the outhouse? I was like, I just went, <laughs> like flung it, because <laughs> I still had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, still, and then like, I was like, kept looking where the thing was, and I kept checking to make sure I didn't bring it into the thing. And then I, I woke Star up, and I said, "We are never li- staying in a place that does not have a bathroom attached." So, yeah, no, like, I would okay. not. I think Maria and I have learned. We've learned our lesson twice now about bathrooms in places that we stay where they have to be better 
Oh, they, yeah. they have to be high quality. I thought you were also going to say about good deals because, like, whenever we get a quote good deal on something, it's always, it's, it's it's always never like good. a fucking shit town. Yeah. And there's always a bathroom outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one we went to, the bathroom was inside. It was an Airbnb. The bathroom is, but the shower was outdoors. And Star was like, it's okay because they have like a, a like a guard thing around it. So you're not like showering naked. Well, the shower what? guard comes up to my stomach. So I was tits out taking a shower and like for everybody to see. And I was just like, God, I hope somebody doesn't open their blinds right now and sees me. Was that, was that in like Hawaii or something? No, it was just in, uh, in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I would understand if you're in like in Malaysia or something where having, yeah. you know, it's supposed to have that tropical freeing feeling of an outside shower, but in LA. <laughs> well, I don't know if it makes it better, but it was in Chinatown. So <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty that's, good. That's, that's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. So crispy. Um, yes. According to Jane, her parents argued often, and she was made aware of their poverty from a young age. They, the family tried to keep their poverty a secret overall, and she remembers being raised with the mentality that all that kind of business should be kept in the immediate family and never share the situation with relatives or anybody else. Um, at the age of 15, after she was reported as having a record of truancy from school to her parents, Jane tried to overdose by taking a bunch of the contents from the medicine cabinet. She recovered with no medical attention. So she did the teenage OD where you just take a bunch of Tylenol. I know because I did this. I did it too. <laughs> did you do it? I did it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. My mom like walked away. She was like fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I literally screamed to my mother. I go, I just took a bunch of Excedrin and I'm going to kill myself. And my mom goes, okay, well, whether or not you're setting the table for dinner. Like, okay. <laughs> and then you ran in there because of all the caffeine. Yeah. Set it. Yeah. And then I furiously, I think I brought out like carving knives and salad. Forks. Uh, I was like, this is the best you've set the table in a record. <laughs> uh, where was I? Um, so she recovered. She recovered with no medical attention, obviously. As a teen, she was known to be prone to depression, panic attacks, and a recurring eating disorder. So basically, she's a teen. Yes. She's a dramatic, overdramatic teenager. But well, the, you know, the when my in her defense though, panic attacks didn't happen to me until I was in college, and I learned what responsibility was. Yeah, I I can't imagine having. I don't think I had panic attacks. I was anxious when I was a kid, but I don't think I had panic attacks. So I can't imagine what that must be like when you're a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had my first panic attack at like thirty. Yeah. It's got to be tough. <laughs> it does. It does. It does very well. What kind of an eating disorder do you think she had? She's probably anorexia from like, I mean, maybe it was bulimia. Which which one is Edie Pukey? That's that's bulimia. bulimia. Yeah. It could also be Edie exercising too much or it Edie shitty. Binging purging. Dude, I'm yeah. Edie shitty. So I get it. <laughs> I just uh, I just started listening to this uh, audiobook about this guy. He was talking about his food philosophy. And mm -hmm. uh, he's an interesting dude. And um, he was talking about that, like, up until, like, recently, he didn't realize that 
what he had was bulimia. And he was like, yeah, I would just like, I would eat binge eat. And then I would just take a whole bunch of laxatives. And I was like, somebody, I was talking to somebody. They were like, dude, that's bulimia. I was like, no, nah, that's a girl's disease. It's like, okay. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a dumb we're thing to still, say. We're still in this. Like, yeah, we're, we're still, still gendering diseases. Yeah. Oh, we're, still doing a lot of, we're still doing a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> Fortunately. And it was like, it was like, I don't want to say it's bulimia. And I was like, uh, it's bulimia, dude. Just move on. Move on from the name. <laughs> like, but I'm not a girl. Yeah. She became sexually active at 15 and says that she now recognizes that she had unhealthy patterns from the start. She said she would sleep with someone on the first date out of fear of them going away and would let men do anything they wanted with her thereafter. After secondary school, and then by that she meant whether she liked it or not. It was just to please them. After secondary school, Jane studied fashion at a local technical college. While there, she became pregnant and had an abortion. I only mention this to point out that the trauma that could come with such a thing, not because I think it pertains to her personality in any way. Mm-hmm. At 21, she got a job at British retailer Marks & Spencer as an assistant. While there, she applied randomly to an ad in The Lady, which is, I guess, a magazine or something, seeking a dresser for Sarah Ferguson, the Royal Duchess of York. Six months after applying, she received an interview with Fergie herself and got the job. That's a big deal. That is a yeah, big deal. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's a huge I mean, deal. she obviously is, you know, very intelligent, um, but she's just like, I think, th- yeah, oh man, that's tough. I wonder if any of the guys had ever been like, can I stick my dick between your toes? And she's like, I <laughs> do what you like with me. I don't Have know why. why. I don't know why. But okay. I know your business, governor. <laughs> they were like, here you go. Here you go, love. <laughs> Any UK audience we have, I, I hope we're gaining more, but I think we're just losing that. I Sorry, mate. To... <laughs> I... Jane moved to Buckingham Palace. In July 1988. Can you imagine? Big deal. Moving to Buckingham Palace. Like, she was, she was only going to stay there for a bit before she got, like, her own flat. But still, like, she got a room for, like, a day or two, maybe a week in Buckingham Palace. Next thing you know, it's hail Britannia. She's yeah. fucking moving up. That's yeah, crazy. moving on up. Yeah, she, I mean, that to me is, that also probably feeds into a lot of her stuff because she's like, look, like, you know, I might be neurotic, I might be, but I mean, it's gotten me here. It's gotten me to fucking Buckingham Palace. So I must yeah. be doing something right. So she must have been good at fashion. I mean, yeah. honestly. Um, immediately, her life changed from small town nobody to rubbing elbows, albeit still a servant, with the upper echelons of society. She's quoted as saying, Suddenly, I was at Belmore mixing with the royals. Having long chats with Princess Diana. I was 21 years old. And of course, I enjoyed it. If my accent changed, it was only because people made fun of the way I said Beth and grass. <laughs> See, so now you have to do a fancy accent for her from this point forward because her accent changes. <laughs> But this is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. 
Okay, I what? tried. I tried, Brit. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll make it better. I'll make it better. <laughs> I'm proper now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer in the lurch. <laughs> <laughs> to give some perspective on life as a servant for the royal family, at least as a dresser, here's some uh, little tidbits. Jane earned a reported 18,000 pounds a year, which is around 22,000 American dollars. So that's not a lot for a yearly salary. That's really not a lot. No. For some of that time, she was also uh, given a flat by the Duchess. So not the whole time. Some of the time she did pay her own rent Ugh. on a flat. Uh, but some, for some of her employment, the Duchess paid for a flat for her. And there is the unspoken but understood rule that when buying clothes, it works more like three for the Duchess, one for you. Which is also a common thing in film, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's, she's getting a decent amount of clothes. She's getting perks. She has to look nice, so she's getting a good amount of clothes. Um, and this was also, what is this? 88? 88, yeah. So 22 is okay. Not great, but it's with not inflation. Great. Yeah. She would also often accompany the Duchess on a number of trips, especially in the later years of working for her. Then in April 1989, Jane met her first husband, Christopher Dunn Butler, an IBM executive who was 21 years her senior. Ooh. Yo. It was a... Uh... I guess match made in heaven. <laughs> they married three months after meeting and were divorced five years later. So it lasted a long time, like yeah. relatively. I can imagine her hand going in her closet and strolling back and forth between really beautiful dresses and nice gowns. And then his, you know, old ass withery flannel liver spotted hand kind of like shakily coming on top of hers. And he's like, Back to bed. Back to bed, Mrs. <laughs> and he drags her <laughs> to the boudoir. <laughs> Jane said that they had grown apart because of work and they ended up being more like friends than lovers. But to add to that, she had also cheated on him a few times. Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it, also the cheating. She admits it though, and she uh, she says she's not proud of it. And it also happened towards the end, so it could be that they had stopped having sex years before. Who knows? You know. But hmm. I well, I mean, he was already like in his fifties, right? So, yeah. and this was not this was around the time where like Viagra and stuff hadn't really hit off. So yeah, he was like probably done having sex, <laughs> like. A little yeah. after they got married. He was like, all right, well. One more. Yeah. One more and then we're done. <laughs> she was probably like, please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> I've been uh, another rolling hay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her next relationship started as an affair after she met Dimitri Horn the son of a Greek shipping magnet at a charity event held by the Duchess. Okay. What is with the Greeks and shipping magnets? Like, 
everybody I see, every celebrity I see, female celebrity is dating a Greek shipping magnet. Well, what is, what's with that? Uh, I thought you were asking. I thought you were asking why are there so many of them? And why are there I'm, so many of them? Well, because they the, the Greece is on the coast. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like it's like it's a lot. It's well, a how the hell else are we going to get the olive oil everywhere, Lori? Yeah, how? How? I don't Lori, know. How? I don't know. I look. I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. There's a lot of them. They probably have a lot of kids, and you know, they all just do the same thing. I don't know. They does anybody just... have a Greek? Uh, does anybody have a Greek impression or a Greek accent? You do. No. Papa Cristo. Oh yes, uh, that, but uh, it's a very different uh, voice. <laughs> very different indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Cristo's is a uh, a restaurant out here in LA that's really famous for their Greek food, but like the actual Papa Cristo is still alive, and he's really small. Oh really? So, yeah, he's really short guy. He's yeah, like a little guy. <laughs> and the first time I was in there, he had like a cousin or a friend come in there, somebody that he knew really, really, really well, and the guy comes in and picks Papa Cristo off the ground. And Papa Cristo, he's very short, so he's his legs are kicking, and he's just like, "Put me down! Stop it! Stop it! Put me down! Stop! Stop it!" <laughs> That's so mean. And the guy's like, ha, 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 ha. And he's just laughing like Stromboli. He's just picking him up and laughing. Oh my god! And then god. he puts him down, and Papa Cristo is hitting him with his rag, and he's just like, "What's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? In front of the people, why are you doing this? Stop it!" <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there the whole time, just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get more bread rolls? Is that possible? Is that or Dude, can... I could I could not get up. I was like, oh, man. Right there. That's so oh, funny. No, no, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so she meets Dimitri, um, and then she finally leaves her husband for good. Good. And moves she moves out of there and moves into a flat that the Duchess has rented for her. Okay. Jane also says this is the point uh, at work in which she started picking up more responsibilities as they had cut some of the staff. Now, the reason why they cut some of the staff is really good. Mm. So the Duchess was going through her own messy divorce as a result of her own infidelities. Mm. And I don't I didn't know any of this because I was I wasn't paying attention to this stuff. you know, we're so young. Yeah, I was young. Yeah. Also, who cares about what happens yeah. in the royal I never, family? Yeah, yeah, I never care about the royal family, but I looked it up for this. And so her own infidelities are super scandalous. So Sarah Ferguson was married to Prince William. And Prince William had to go away a lot on his like ro- naval army thing. He had to leave a lot, which I guess is still a thing. Oh, okay. Uh, she grew lonely. So she started having all these affairs. And one of the affairs she had, which was which one of the affairs that she had was with like her financial advisor. And the tabloid took pictures of her mm. sunbathing topless while he sucked on her toes. Ooh. Yeah. Now that's delicious. <laughs> Very delicious at the time. Oh my. Yes. Why? <laughs> and then there was other pictures of her like cuddling up to some other dude and stuff. So she was like scandalous and all over the place and they didn't divorce that that happened in like it started happening in 92 and by this time i believe it's uh it's around 96 at this point and they're not sep- they're not divorced they're just they're separated you okay. know okay um uh, 
So she's kind of going through this like messy divorce slash separation. I think what it seemed like is like they're probably not they were trying not to do a divorce because it's the royal family and they just don't do that. Sure. Um. Anyway, because her and the Duchess were going through similar things, I feel like they grew closer together because these women work together every day. She works for her every day, not work together. Yeah. Where they were both justifying each other's stupidity. They were like, yeah, I, I had an affair because my husband wasn't around. Oh, I had an affair because my hus- me husband wasn't around. Right. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair to the Duchess, um, Prince William was probably having his own affairs. I feel like that family with cheating, it's nothing as long as oh, you don't get caught. Of course. They're, yeah. fucking, they're fucking everything. They're gross. They're really gross. I mean, it's like at this point, let's just be happy they're not fucking each other. You know, like thank God that used to yeah. be what happened for the longest time. It's now. I think at this yeah. point, we're just like, as long as you guys aren't fucking each other, I think we're fine. I <laughs> wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> Sarah even thanks her in the intro of one of her travel books, writing that her assistant's loyalty and kindness knows no bounds. Tight. Dimitri and Jane had a nasty breakup and she trashed his flat and cashed a check from his brother's checkbook. Oh. But she she maintains that he owed her that money anyway. That's bullshit. I did not owe her that money. She (laughs) took it from my brother's paycheck. She went and got his checking book. That's nonsense. Put me down. (laughs) Yeah. He probably was sleeping inside the checkbook and he was like, hey, hey, get me out there. But I was using it as a blanket. <laughs> she didn't try to overdose again, but once again recovered with no medical attention. Oh, so she yeah. did the she probably did the Tylenol thing again. Flintstones vitamins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna do it as soon as I get through this chew. <laughs> <laughs> now, in November of 1997, the Duchess was having an affair with Italian aristocrat Count Gadot de la Gradesca, who supposedly also showed an interest in Jane. That obviously, yes, that obviously didn't sit well with Fergie. And that month, Jane was let go. Ooh. I like the column A, I like the column B. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The official story from the palace is that she was let go to cut costs. Wow. Yeah. After that, Jane got a job in the silver department of the jewelry retailer Annabelle Jones. In August of 98, Jane was introduced to Thomas Cressman by a mutual acquaintance. Cressman was the son of a guy who had built up the largest chain of Ford dealerships in Europe. Mm. Mm -hmm. His name was Harry. And he was an American, but I think his mom was British. Tom himself ran a successful business selling car accessories, which really to me just means that like Tom his Tom just like worked for his dad. Pretty much. Yeah. Also, like I've been to a dealership where they have the car accessories and it's just a guy behind a counter being like, what do you want? It's like, can I get a battery for my remote? Twelve dollars. It's like, OK, so, you know, they can say that he did that. It's like... <laughs> Obviously, through his dad. He rubbed elbows with the upper echelons of, you know, British society and royalty and all that. 
Ooh, nice. Tom was known to be charming and charismatic, and friends said he acted like a young boy and was always laughing and having fun, which just means he was probably like a boisterous. Yeah, he's probably yeah. like, yeah, I yeah. know Wham. Wham and me are great friends. I'm a lad. I'm a lad. <laughs> he's definitely a lad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to talk ill of the dead because Thomas Cressman does end up dying. Oh, he's story, the one who ends up dying. I was hoping it was Dimitri. No, no, Dimitri. Dimitri went away. Dimitri went. Yeah, back. Dimitri's chapter has has half ended. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Because he's possibly short. Yes. <laughs> so Jane and Tom became official, and Jane made it no secret that she planned on Tom proposing and securing her new status in life. Oh my gosh. That's always fun to me when like the girl is always like, he's going to propose to me. And yeah. the guy's just like, I don't know. She's like, you will propose to me. It's like, yeah, yeah that's going to that's going to last. What's that what's that lady's name from 90 Day Fiance, the blonde one? I have so many. I don't uh, know. <laughs> I haven't I can't watch that show. That show hurts my soul. It's tremendous. But it's there's there's tremendous. a woman on there who's just like, "Wow, well, I really hope that I get get proposed to oh the russian yeah the yeah, russian um, that's like because her guy believes in aliens yeah yeah, and yeah. He doesn't believe in god yeah 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 she's like, i don't trust people who don't believe in god <laughs> why because i don't trust people. because they're bad people, they're bad people. He's, he's like uh, i gotta go he's like and he but he's also like i believe in aliens i mean why is it crazy to believe in aliens if you believe in god it's like no I don't from think, his I point of view think, i'm like yeah i'm <laughs> Look, I'm more hopeful that there's aliens than I am that there's a God. So I'm excited more about it. If aliens came, I'd be like, that's great. If God came down, I'd be like, this is going to (laughs) suck. I don't. Yeah. You're O for O with God. Yeah. Yeah. See, God, you're like, I I owe him at least 20 bucks. Yeah. God's not going to like, God's not like going to like what I, what I've had to say. Like, he's not going to be happy. Jane said that their relationship was full of contention, and whenever they would argue, they would threaten to expose each other's secrets. He would threaten to make public secrets that Jane had told him about the Duchess, and she would threaten to tell his business partners about his shady dealings. She would threaten to leave often and would come back there and would come back after he would reel her back in. So their their fights sound so awful. Yeah. yeah. They're just threatening each other with like, I'll expose you. Not if I expose you first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you're just the boss on IT crowd. That's yeah. pretty much that's exactly, exactly what I'm doing exactly. that Barry. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's my favorite one of his British accents. <laughs> it's really it's really good. It's really good. I, I'm uh, a young boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's Matt Barry plays a pig in this in disenchant. Chanted. Yeah, that's pretty great. And I'm that's like, uh, I would like, I would love to see a whole st- a whole cartoon about that pig. He's so Matt Berry's so funny. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's just so talented. Let's just take a minute to talk about how much we love Matt Berry, <laughs> guys. All his little, all his little mannerisms are are just so brilliant. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, I'll get back to it. In the winter of '98, Jane broke her wrist. She said during the trial that Tom had let her go on purpose during a dance. Resulting in the broken wrist. <laughs> what dance was it? Was it the dirty, da- dirty uh, dancing dance at the end of? Was that it? Yeah, that was it. 
I love the idea that they're dancing. He's all, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes flying. The way she oh, says <laughs> the way she specifically said it too was that he lets go aggressively. So uh, <laughs> it's just like a, a push of the wrist. Like, <laughs> Done with you. <laughs> he probably didn't even, he probably was just like, no. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> after that, she moved in with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> brilliant. Saying that he insisted on taking care of her. Friends of Tom's now say that she used the incident as an excuse to move in. There are accounts of Tom not being a great guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me say that again. There are accounts of Tom not being a great guy. <laughs> as their mutual friend Linda Ellery said, he talked over her rather than to her. He would be quite incapable of humiliating someone that he was with. On top of that, Jane painted an interesting picture of Tom during and after the trial. She said Tom was an avid collector of militia. 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 Thank you. Including SS uniforms and other items. <laughs> Reportedly, his most treasured piece was a hunk of wood from Hitler's desk. So just so just Nazi memorabilia. What? Why, yes. why didn't yes. they just say he liked collecting Nazi memorabilia? It's not Nazi memorabilia. It's history coming alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's like that that guy. I'm sure you guys have seen that video, but it's like that the this guy holding the Confederate flag is arguing with a black guy. And he's like, this isn't about slavery. It's about my heritage. It's about my history. My family fought for their, for their farmland. And the black guy goes, and who was running the farm? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they had a number of tools. Yeah. Except those tools were people. And, yeah. Your people. And the, yeah, and then I think, I think his argument was they couldn't afford slaves. You know how expensive slaves were back then? <laughs> mm, that's crazy. They were practically black. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God. Oh my God. It was so funny. Oh, man, man. Jane also says that she found a bunch of bondage gear when she moved into his place. Mm. And when she donated some of it, he hit her. I mean, it's bondage gear. I would too. Do you know how expensive bondage gear is? Really expensive. And she donated these thigh high boots. Oh, okay. You know that she did that on purpose. Which is like the least offensive of the bondage gear, I would think. He's like, you got rid of the she wolf boots? I would be like, let me keep those shits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See if they fit you first and then maybe get rid of them. Wow. She says that once he even had her dress up as a schoolgirl while he wore a mortar board and cloak and held a dagger over her while he shouted at her to spread her legs in, quote, a stupid German voice. (laughs) Which is uh, a voice that Cash and I do often. We just shout German obscenities, but it's really just gibberish. Because it's like, for you need to know if there's a sing song before you put the Oh, you guys are. We have any German fans. You guys are couples royalty. I wish I had. 
She also listed another disturbing incident, and this one's a little triggering if the other ones weren't already for anybody listening. She described an incident where she was uh, constipated, but he had anal sex with her anyway. When he discovered excrement on his penis, he hit her and yanked her down and forced her to lick it off. Ugh. Yeah, Jesus. so that's ter- if that did happen, that's terrible. But okay, that's gross. Yeah, all of if any of gross. this, all of that's gross. If any of this held true, it didn't matter for her trial. Only some of the information regarding his bondage preferences and other sexual fetishes was allowed into testimony for her trial. Whether he or not, like a creeper. He sounds yeah. Like well. A- he made she made him sound like a creeper. The problem is it's just her word and nothing else. Yeah. Because uh you know there's there's no evidence of it and she she never had come forward before with any kind of abuse or anything like that. Not yeah. even to friends. And yeah. I know that you know obviously that happens very often where victims won't say anybody to and won't say anything to anybody. Uh, but again, this only came out during the trial, so it's very hard to tell if it's just her trying to paint him in a very bad light yeah. or if any of it did happen. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, to say that somebody is, you know, a Nazi, it's like it's the ultimate go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, of bad mouthing somebody. The only scratch that I was into was the jazz kind. Allow me to demonstrate. No, no, I'm not going to scat. I would love to hear you scat in a German voice. Later. Whether or not Jane is telling the truth about Tom, the two clearly had an abusive, codependent relationship anyway, and they still stayed together. In September of 2000, now three years after meeting and being together, Tom and Jane went to see some prospective houses in the Cotswolds. I don't know what those are. I'm going to assume it's a nice part of town. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's like Beverly Hills. (laughs) Yeah. Right after that, they left for a vacation at Tom's family's house in the French Riviera. Hmm. Jane was convinced that Tom was going to propose to her there, but he didn't. Instead, during an argument... He told her he would never marry her. I wonder what the argument was about. <laughs> was it? <laughs> was it about that she he wasn't proposing to her? Yeah. <laughs> On their way home, with both him and his mom next to her, oof. Jane apparently made a bunch of calls to friends talking about it. Uh, she, I have she, family like that. Really? Yeah. What is that like? I've never really experienced something like that. Oh, it's so annoying. It's like, I can't, anytime my aunt or my mom, when I was living with my mom, if my mom and I got in a fight, literally my mom would just call my aunt and be like, so Lori, Lori wouldn't put her crayons away. And like, oh, okay. I'd be like, I'm literally right here. Like. I, I went on a date once with someone who did that, who was complaining about where I took them. Oh no! And they called their friend and be like, "He took me here, and you know I hate that place." And I was just like, "Where do you live?" Because I'd like to drop you off there. (laughs) It started off weird when I when you were like, "Where'd you live?" I was like, "Why Uh, do you want to know?" Yeah. And then you ended up marrying her. So congratulations, Ryan. How dare you? (laughs) 
I have, I'll have you know, I love McDonald's. <gasps> it was Burger King. You louse. I hate Burger King. <laughs> She's still raw about it. She's still raw that you didn't, you didn't take her to McDonald's. You took her to Burger King instead. It was out of spite, too. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jane now says that that was the one of the petty ways that she would provoke him when they argued accusing him of never loving her and never being able to marry her. And that was, it was not any form of premeditation to the murder. Which I believe. Yeah. I believe that part. The next morning, on Saturday, September 16th, the couple woke up arguing and continued throughout the day. At one point, Tom even called 999. And the transcript is as follows. Don't you mean 081199? No, I'm kidding. Sorry. It's an IT crowd joke. Sorry. 018 Okay, let's do it. Let's do this. Who's who's who? You're Cressman. Okay. And Lori will be the operator. Nine. Yes, I'm having a major fight with my other half. Is anyone injured? Not yet. Where is your other half? Right here. What are they doing? Staring at me. Right. Has anybody actually assaulted anyone, sir? Not really. What do you want us to do? Hang on a minute. One second. Hello? Hello. Hi there. What's going on? We are rowing. Someone's going to get hurt. There's no need to threaten. What's going on? What do you want the police to do? I would like the police to come and split us up. Are they on the lease? No. What do you want them to do, sir? She's picked up the other line. There's nothing wrong with someone else listening in. I would like someone to stop us hurting each other. If you don't have somebody here soon, someone is. Right, Mr. Cressman. Yes. All right. What are you wanting your partner to do? What are you arguing about? Our relationship. Do you not think it would be better you discuss it when you both calm down? I would love to discuss it calm down. She will not. Do you want her to leave? Yes. Right. What you should do, sir, arrange for her to find suitable accommodation. I would love to do that. That's not something the police can provide for you. No. <laughs> That's something you will have to discuss calmly. I will get the police to come and see you both. F both of you. All they will do is advise you regarding your behavior. There's nothing specific you can do. We are not a guidance. We deal with crime. Right! If you require the police, I will get them to come and see you. If you have got a problem, you are best to walk away and calm down until you are able to discuss it with her. That's what I have been trying to do. Do you still require the police, sir? I don't think so. Are you sure? That's enough. Thank you. If you do require us, please call back. Now turning into a baby. Discuss it calmly. I advise you walk away. Now discuss it later. Bye, baby. <laughs> Google Gaga. We put fresh mints out. Yeah. 
My mommy doesn't let me stay up past nine. So call before. <laughs> Reportedly, in the background of the call, you can hear Jane saying, Help! Help! Help me! <laughs> Help! <laughs> Stop it! Jane says that the uh, Jane says that then the following occurred. After the 999 call, she tried to call her ex-husband, but Tom broke the phone before the call could connect. She then claims that he and anally raped her Oy. and trapped her in the house for a few hours before she convinced him to let her go. When she left, she called him and told him she had suckered him and was never coming back. <laughs> Then they kept calling each other back and forth. These are the these This is such a bad, bad relationship when you're calling each other back and yeah, forth. Yeah, this is some bullshit. Yeah. So they kept calling each other back and forth. Jane threatened suicide. Uh, not for the first time, by the way. And she even went so far this time as to send Tom's parents copies oh, no. of explicit emails that Tom had exchanged with a woman named Deborah. It's Deborah, darling. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's Deborah. <laughs> In them, he likened Jane to a pair of slippers he couldn't throw away. <laughs> she also sent the email to Deborah's employer. Deborah. <laughs> She's like a pair of chunkles. <laughs> crazy. I don't care that you said to get to my employers. They know what I get up to. <laughs> she only knew of a few emails, but during the investigation, it was discovered that there were hundreds of me of emails between the two prior to Tom's death. She came back later that same day to the flat, and he welcomed her back with open arms. But within 10 minutes, she says they were arguing again. Oh, my God. This time because she spilled some water. <laughs> Wa oh, my God. Water? <laughs> that's so that's so english that's a telling yeah that's gotta be oh. a stain they get they're fighting and hanging up the phone and then stomping around and then get, like getting ugh. yeah it's bad it's really bad so they basically just keep arguing she comes back and they keep arguing and then eventually uh tom tries to, tom they like try to go to bed basically and before bed Jane says Tom tried to rape her again, but she left the bedroom and went downstairs. Then Tom fell asleep. Within this span of time, Jane brought a cricket bat and a knife upstairs and returned to bed. She woke up to Tom hitting and shouting at her that he was going to kill her. She says that all of what continued is a blur to her even now. She remembers only her hair being pulled Tom on top of her, and him falling down onto the knife. <sighs> After that, she remembers being on the other side of the bedroom door, trying to hold it closed, afraid that Tom would come after her. Then she remembers being cold, then warm, the result of her taking a shower. Then she left the flat after that. Tom was dead bludgeoned in the head with a cricket bat and stabbed in the chest with a knife. Hmm. Tom's body was discovered by an employee on Monday evening, nearly two days after the murder. Jane was still missing. 
but she had made a bunch of calls and texts to their mutual friends asking where Tom was to try to start covering up her tracks. Pretty sketchy. Yes. In the in these texts, she also claims that she knew Tom was being blackmailed, but knew nothing about the murder. <laughs> okay. Four days after the murder, Jane was found sleeping in her VW polo. She had tried to overdose again, but had survived. <laughs> what did oh she take this God. time? It doesn't say, but I'm sure. She just, like, sucked in air. <gasps> I went back and I had some more Flintstones. I took all the Dinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it for me. It's the deadliest dinosaur. <laughs> On April 23rd, 2001, Jane went to trial for the murder of Tom Cressman. The defense had her testify, and she claimed that Tom was an abusive man, giving accounts of some of the stuff I had mentioned earlier. The prosecution presented evidence that showed Jane was simply acting as a scorned woman, angry that Tom refused to marry her, and bent on revenge. They also had character witnesses on for Tom, ex-girlfriend's testimonies that said he was never a violent man and further physical evidence aimed to prove that Tom was stabbed in the chest while he slept, not during a struggle. Minimal psychiatric evidence was presented during the trial and no effort was made to evaluate Jane's mental state, not even after she was found trying to overdose in her car, which is not fair. Yeah. her mm-hmm. yeah seriously on may 16 2001 the jury found her guilty 11 to 1 and sentenced her to life in prison with the possibility of parole well that's nice <laughs> <laughs> after her uh after her trial jane was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder that's two years after her trial she was finally psychologically examined Wow. And diagnosed. Jeez. An appeal that used this uh, new discovery as evidence uh, was denied. In November of 2009, Jane escaped from prison. She lay low for three days before she was caught. A taxi driver tipped off the police when he dropped off her family at a motel. <laughs> Only six miles from the prison where she was kept. She just grabs her whole family. Yeah, British police. Yeah. I'm a taxi driver. I see something real weird. Okay. Yeah, Come Wait. over to this hotel. What? What's 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 so weird about it, sir? This crazy broad. She got in the car with a whole freaking family. No, she didn't get in the car. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This crazy broad's family got in the freaking car. I, I, <laughs> I know that. I'm a psychic. Oh, okay. I'm from Texas. I don't know if y'all can hear. Uh, I got a job working for 999 for the police department for, for Britain. So, uh, yeah, family family's a big deal down in Texas. So I don't see what's wrong with that. I love it over here. <laughs> the food is horrible. <laughs> you know, sir, uh, that's a, a very negative stereotype. Actually, the food is pretty good. All right, speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, you have a nice day now, you hear? Take care of yourself. <laughs> That was a so, nice conversation. That yeah, I think really it was nice. good. That was yeah. pleasant. Um, so what? It, uh, what police believed? Uh, so what police believed had had happened? 
was that she had been, quote, sleeping rough for two days before she called her parents, who came down from Grimsby, where they all checked into the motel. Uh, no one was charged or arrested, and Jane returned to prison and did not receive further punishment for her escape. So she didn't get out of time or anything. That's crazy. That's interesting. That is interesting. That's wild. I wonder why. Um, maybe because they were like, well, you know, she did have to spend time with her family, so maybe she was in a prison of her own. <laughs> my, my theory was that she ran away from prison because of something. And like maybe something was done to her. Mm -hmm. And so then the prison was like, okay, we'll just like leave this alone. Oh, you think like a guard mm. did something to her or something like that? I think it's possible. Like it's it's really strange that they wouldn't add time, at least in America. That maybe is very strange. There's also the other option of maybe she just wanted to get out. And when she was brought back in, maybe she did something for someone and then wasn't given any, any extra time. Maybe. Maybe she may helped the warden pick out a nice pair of slacks. And he was yeah. just like, all right, she's good. Yeah, maybe she was already like the dresser for the warden. So he was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But did this jacket go with these shoes? She brought him back a blazer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's no, my it's favorite blazer. <laughs> the missus loves the outfits you pick out for me. Jane was granted parole in 2015 and got a job back in her hometown at an antique store. Huh. She was arrested again in 2018 for calling and harassing one of her exes. Uh. Police won't say which one, but I'm going to guess it's Dimitri. That would be at nice. First, at first I thought it was Chris, her ex-husband, but I think it's Dimitri. The phone, the phone never stops ringing. <laughs> never. <laughs> I can't reach it. I hear you breathing. Say something. You know, it takes me 20 minutes to get to the phone. I have to I climb up it. on a ladder. <laughs> I'm going to get off this footstool. <laughs> it's making weird noises to me, saying it's human. What the hell? <laughs> Jane is out on parole again as of August of 2019. Again? Yeah, she's out. Man. She's out and about. And that's the story of Jane Andrews. Royal dresser and murderer. Extraordinaire. Yes. Lovely. Yeah. She, wow. really, uh, she really took us for a ride. <laughs> I like this one a lot. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were characters. Yeah. There were humans that had changed into other things. Uh -huh. um, there, was, there was a Greek man, which we always yeah. love. That's the mark of a good podcast. Whenever Romance. you throw a Greek guy in there. There was fashion. Fashion. And now there are fireworks. <laughs> oh, those are fireworks? Yeah, yeah, it's the fire the mysterious like fireworks of LA. I was just watching the view today because I'm uh, officially a spinster. And um I was watching and they were saying that the Whoopi Goldberg was complaining about the fireworks in New York. She's like, People can't sleep. They can't people can't you 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 this is crazy, guys. Why are we doing this? I don't know why I'm making her a southern bell. Stop stop with the goddamn fireworks. Yeah, there we go. That's better. <laughs> I'm I'm like, it's it's uh it's ruining my southern sensibilities. <laughs> I don't even know where she's from. Yeah. But uh she's yeah, she was just like I, and I hear it's happening in LA too. And Megan McCain was like, Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> God yeah, it is. Yeah. 
That's just my right. my my one accent of Megan McCain. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I just one time heard her say yeah, and she said it in such a weird way that I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's like okay, in uh, Lost Boys. What's your name? Star. All right. Okay, never guys, gonna let this end. I'm never going to let this end. Okay. Everybody have a good night. 